Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit Authenticate.com. That's Authentic with the number 8.com. I can't stress enough when you're doing your research, everything is relevant. You'd be surprised, you know, the random moniker that you picked up six weeks ago that you thought nothing of, that can be the key to the next case. Hey everyone, welcome to Needlestack, the podcast for professional online research. I'm your host, Matt Ashburn, and I'm not afraid of the dark web. And I'm Jeff Phillips, tech industry veteran and curious to a fault. Today, we're continuing uh, our discussion around the dark web. And today, we're actually going to dive deeper into the role of cryptocurrency with our special guest, Matt Price. That's right. Uh, welcome, Matt. Uh, he's a former special agent with the IRS Criminal Investigation DC Cyber Crimes Unit, and he currently serves as the regional head of investigation and intelligence for the Americas at Binance, and they're a blockchain ecosystem and cryptocurrency infrastructure provider. Matt Price, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Super excited to have you uh, join us as we go through these uh, sessions talking about the dark web. Um, I'm going to pick up on, you know, I noticed in your background, Matt, you spent around 15 years in the public sector in law enforcement and in intelligence, including as, as the other Matt mentioned, the IRS. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your role with the IRS and your experience with the dark web and, and cryptocurrency during that time? Certainly. Yeah. So as, as Matt mentioned, I was a special agent in the cybercrimes unit of the IRS. Uh, and we really were the specialists in the U.S. government when it came to cryptocurrency investigations. Uh, and of course, you know, the dark web is a large piece of that. Um, Darknet markets, uh, uh, mixing services, uh, darknet forms and things like that. And what we really focused on was the intersection of the uh, darknet ecosystem and financial crimes, and in this case, cryptocurrency. Uh, and a lot of that was focused on tracking cryptocurrency to identify those actors on the dark net that were attempting to you know, use the anonymity, the perceived anonymity of the dark web to conduct their criminal activity. Hey, Matt, you used a term in there, if we could give a little definition for people. You, you mentioned mixing services. Can you take a second and just explain what that is? Sure. So. Uh, at a high level, cryptocurrency, any cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, is on a public ledger, a blockchain. And there are various techniques uh, and tools out there that can trace those transactions. Because of this, they're, uh, you know, criminals engage in activity, they want to try to hide their tracks. So a mixer is a service that, for a fee, attempts to break the link in the blockchain. So if, for example, a vendor on a darknet uh, drug market mm -hmm. is earning... Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency from selling drugs, 
they don't want to send that directly to an exchange like Binance, for example, because we wouldn't allow that deposit. Or law enforcement could find out who they are relatively easily by requesting information from us. So what a mixer does is attempt to break that transaction up by mixing it with a bunch of other people's uh, deposits and breaking up the links so that it makes it much more difficult to trace the actual transaction. So okay. to keep the A from reaching B. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's helpful. Um, all right. So you were on the law enforcement and now uh, you're on the other side, if you will. You're in the private sector in your role with Binance uh, uh, and running that investigations team. Um, and so it's a cryptocurrency exchange, as, as Matt was talking about. Um, can you tell me a little bit? So, so what's the dark web? How does it play a role in your team's investigations and in your interactions, I guess, with law enforcement now from from the Binance perspective? Sure. I mean, our, our main mission is obviously to protect both our customer base and the larger, you know, we, we view our mission as protecting the larger cryptocurrency ecosystem. And the way we do that is very similar to what I did on the government side. It's applying investigative techniques, blockchain analysis, uh, and working closely with our law enforcement partners. So where the dark web comes into that is, you know, again, while there are legitimate uses for the dark web, it does tend to attract some criminal activity. Um, so our, our presence on there is to you know, identify um, potential risk to the platform, be it uh, leaked information or um, hacks. And quite frankly, a lot of it is proactive intelligence gathering to mm. you know, identify any potential risk to us, our customers, um, or larger trends within um, you know, cybercrime, whether it's ransomware, hacks, or things of that nature. Sure thing. So you've touched on this a little bit uh, just now, but how, how are the dark web and cryptocurrency intertwined? How do they intersect, I guess, especially when it comes to investigations? And are there certain misconceptions that people should be aware of? Certainly. So when the, uh, you know, when the first dark net markets came online, the Silk Road, later uh, Alpha Bay, Hansa, numerous other markets, they operated on the dark net and the currency involved was cryptocurrency. And initially, the idea behind that was because cryptocurrency was presumed to be anonymous, which is a bit of a misconception. It is pseudo anonymous in that you cannot look at a Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency address on its surface and determine who that person is. And that's where the investigation piece comes in. But what's unique with cryptocurrency is every transaction is recorded on a public ledger. Whereas in the past, you know, when I worked uh, narcotics investigations, we were dealing with cash transactions. And unless you watched a guy carry a bag of cash or do a hand-to-hand -hand deal, it's very hard to track those transactions. But on the dark website in these dark net markets, these crimes are obviously financially motivated. And there's a need to take that cryptocurrency. And even today, even though it's more widely accepted, there still is often a need to, to convert that cryptocurrency into either fiat currency or another means that you can spend it. So in in that environment, what the uh, what cryptocurrency kind of allowed investigators to do is follow the money and identify kind of the intersection between the dark web and the real world personas behind that. And the money is kind of the key. The, the cryptocurrency is the key to getting from that dark net actor to the light world and the identified target behind it. That's a really important point, because you know, as we we're talking uh, the other day, a lot of investigators uh, regardless of whether you're state, local, federal, or in the private sector, uh, they may, may be really good investigators at traditional crimes and at traditional investigations, but they might be intimidated by the dark web. But really what you're saying is it's it's very similar in a, you know, to a real world investigation, except that you're 
focusing more on the the money and who benefits from from the financing uh, side of this, right? Because eventually the criminal that's committing whatever act, they're getting paid, right? That, that's really the important point. Right. It's it's applying the same techniques uh, at a high level. It's the same techniques that go on in any, you know, and I use narcotics as an example, just because everyone has heard of the of Alpha Bay market, right? A place to buy drugs. Mm-hmm. But it's viewing the entire... Um, the entire crime, the entire ecosystem around the crime. So it's not just the transa- transmission of drugs. It's not just shipping products. It's also the financial piece of it. And what's really useful and relevant, particularly with the dark end investigation, is you can gather these deposit addresses and withdrawal addresses through darknet research. And doing that, combining it with cryptocurrency tracing techniques, working closely with uh, you know exchanges, for example, you can identify leads to figure out who these people actually are. And it's been quite successful in, in many cases. So let me ask another question. Um, I guess you also talked about, um, you know, kind of bringing, using crypto to bring intelligence out of the dark. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what were you able to see on the forums and how you're able to connect those things? Right. I mean, I can, you know, at a high level kind of use a, a case as an example. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, when I was with the IRS, I worked the investigation of Grand's Helix. That's a, it was a uh, search engine for narcotics as well as a, a mixing service that served ma- most of the major darknet markets, Alpha Bay, Hansa, numerous others. Um, and when that investigation started, all we had was a moniker. Uh, and so what we did is a lot of dark to, to begin, obviously any investigation, you're going to do a lot of research, uh, a lot of kind of intelligence gathering. So in this case, we began, you know, taking a look at that service, um, trying to look at the payment infrastructure, both withdrawals and with and deposits. And what you're trying to do is identify those addresses as a starting point. And using that intelligence, you're building out the financial picture uh, of how the, the system works, how payments are deposited, how withdrawals are taken out. And you're trying to trace them in both directions for a number of reasons. One, to show that, you know, to prove that the funds are involved in illicit activity uh, and to attempt to identify where the funds go. And two, to try to identify, again, how, how is the operator of that making money? Um, and in that case, through lots of research on the dark net, lots of blockchain analysis, we caught on to how the fees from the service were generated. And that's what eventually led us in the direction of identifying the administrator behind it. So those end up being all these different pivot points as an investigator while you started on the dark web and with crypto, it's going to take you in a lot of directions as any kind of OSINT analysis might might go from that point. I, I would describe, you know, a dark net investigation in particular is an OSINT investigation on steroids. You're doing the same techniques you're using in OSINT. Obviously, there's a little bit more tradecraft involved given you know, the dark net actors do take precautions. There's a reason they're on the dark net, right? They don't want to be found. Right. Um, but what, what you're really looking for is those, you know, I, I mean, needles essentially, right? Needles in the stack to, to pull that thread. Um, and in my experience, I found one of the most successful ways to do that is focusing on the crypto angle, because again, you have this powerful tool, you have a public blockchain that allows you to follow the flow of funds. And by doing that, you know, kind of targeting the financial motivations of these crimes of these activities it kind of gives you that uh, ability to you know, pierce through the veil of the dark net and figure out who actually is behind these. I guess 
in, in your experience, uh, what has been the most surprising thing uh, related to the dark web, cryptocurrency and all of that? Um, I guess, were you surprised by the effectiveness of focusing on the crypto? I mean, I'm a former IRS agent and our whole thing is follow the money, right? So, you know, the agency still uh, talks about taking down Al Capone on tax evasion. So personally, I don't know that I was surprised by that because I, I think in every investigation I've worked, whether it was cyber or you know traditional crime, money is always the weakness. It's always the thing to focus on, in my opinion. Um, obviously, every other piece of an investigation is important, but the vast majority of criminal activity is motivated by money. And following the money, identifying where it goes, that's proven key time and time again, whether it's a terrorism investigation, whether it's child pornography, whether it's, you know, in, in the IRS, uh, money laundering was our one of our big focuses. That's always, in my experience, one of the key facets to to successfully identify and prosecute these guys. Yeah, that's really impressive. And uh, it's probably something that people many times discount or, or maybe overlook. Uh, are there any other specific takeaways for, for the audience uh, before we wrap up here? Anything else you'd like the audience to know? Anything else that you'd like to leave them with? Certainly. I mean, again, I can't stress enough when you're doing your research, everything is relevant. You'd be surprised, you know, the random moniker that you picked up six weeks ago that you thought nothing of, that can be the key to the next case. Um, so, you know, when you're doing your research, when you're looking through these forums, when you're trying to identify leads, Consider the financial piece, consider the, um, you know, the identifiers, and even to some degree, the language used. Um, you know, in, in, mm -hmm. For example, in a forum post, a lot of these guys use the same monikers and they, they talk unique ways. Uh, and it's, it's kind of interesting that you can sort of build this persona out in your head based on what a person puts in a darknet forum. Um, and then, you know, hopefully a year down the road, at least on the law enforcement side, when you arrest this guy, you're like, oh, I know everything about this guy based on what he posted. Um, so again, I, I would just encourage, you know, gathering as much intelligence as possible and don't discount what initially could seem to be, you know, somewhat irrelevant. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting you touched on even linguistics that people use, right? It, it, little details, like you said, really do help to develop that full picture of, of a person. And, and some of those characteristics can be very, very unique. So that, that's an important point. Yeah. I mean, even in, I, I've seen, you know, instances where you can kind of tell someone's not an, a native English speaker based on some of their inflection and the way things are written. And that can help you focus in an investigation, for example. Like, you know, you, you may have a preconceived notion that this person is in XYZ country. But, you know, looking at that and combining it with the other factors that you're seeing, it can really help you kind of get a profile of, of who your target is. You know, Matt, we have um, a pretty wide ranging audience in terms of um, experience and skill set when it comes to either OSINT, the dark web um, and, and cryptocurrency. Not to put you on the spot here, but are there any resources that you that kind of jump into your mind when it comes to the dark web or crypto that that either are tools that help people or um, places to learn um, uh, and get 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 a little smarter on on these areas? So I, I on the OSINT side, I had the benefit of being trained by probably some of the best folks out there. <laughs> so I, I, I um, but that said, a lot of those basics are publicly available. Um, there are various books out there and uh, kind of forums on how you can do some of this research. Um, and, you know, it's constantly evolving. You know, uh, actors are, are moving platforms, you know, 
years ago, it was on the same forums and they were relatively easy to find. You know, now actors are moving to kind of more, um, you know, more direct communication because they know mm -hmm. people know these things and they're looking at it. So like Telegram, is that things like Telegram? Yeah. Yeah. And as far as cryptocurrency, I mean, the biggest thing you can do is educate yourself. Um, you know, for example, Binance, we have Binance Academy that kind of explains everything from like, what is a Bitcoin all the way up to kind of high level um, concepts with it. And that's, again, that information is all pretty publicly available. Um, there are open source blockchain analysis tools, uh, Etherscan being one. I mean, there are numerous for each different blockchain, uh, as well as, you know, commercial tools that are used on the law enforcement and exchange side. Yeah, you mentioned that, Matt, uh, Binance Academy. It's probably good to go to give a plug for that. Uh, it's, it's a great resource for folks. I can learn all about blockchain and cryptocurrency and everything else. So if this is new stuff to you. Uh, I think that website, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, is academy.binance.com. That's B-I-N-A-N-C-E.com. Yeah, that's great. Uh, well, Matt, thank you so much for, for being on today as our, as our guest. Uh, we learned a lot and we hope the folks in the audience did as well. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning into the show this week. If you liked what you heard, you can always subscribe to our uh, podcast wherever you get your podcast and watch episodes on YouTube and also view transcripts and other information on our website at authenticate.com slash needlestack. You can also follow us on Twitter at needlestack underscore pod. We'll be back next week with more on the dark web, specifically focusing on how the dark web can be used to investigate financial fraud. You want to stay tuned for that. To register for that podcast, visit Authenticate, that's authentic with the number eight, .com slash needlestack. We'll see you then. Hi there, I'm Matt Ashburn, host of the Needlestack podcast. Needlestack is brought to you by Authenticate, creators of the go-to online investigation platform, Silo for Research. If you're looking for a way to conduct research anonymously, protect against cyber threats, all while avoid tipping off your investigative targets, then you want to try Silo for Research. The Silo Research platform completely isolates your online web browsing, allowing you a choice of location and digital fingerprint, and also has built-in workflow and automation tools. The best part is that Silo for Research is software as a service, so it can be used from any computer or location without the need for things like virtual machines, standalone networks, or, or dirty networks. To learn more about Silo for Research, visit Authenticate.com. That's authentic with the number 8.com.